Hello, everyone. Welcome to our second United We Nerd Reviews session. Today, I am with Brian. It is hey. I, Joel. We usually do our podcast recordings talking about everything nerdy under the sun. Uh, what did we do last time? We talked about... Uh, I already forgot. The last, the last it Godzilla? Review no, actually, last review we did uh, Pokemon Snap. It was Pokemon Snap. I was talking about the other one. You're right, though. The last review was Pokemon Snap. Thank you, Brian. All right. And today we are joined by our friend Justice to talk about Invincible. I'm hey. super excited to talk about this. Uh, Justice, why don't you tell yourself, uh, tell, tell us about yourself a little before we get started, and then Brian and I will talk a little bit about ourselves as well. Oh, uh -oh. geez. Uh -oh. <laughs> it's like little clown noises coming through. Some technical difficulties. Yes. yes. Well, while uh, he deals with Pennywise, uh, so yeah, usually Brian and I are joined by Marcelo, and uh, we talk about like everything nerdy under the sun. The last review Brian actually did with Lisa, our uh, cosplaying extraordinaire friend and gamer. Uh, they did Pokemon Snap, which sounded like hella fun. I never played it before, but it sounded great. And I had actually the so, yeah. review guide, but so yeah, if you wanna if you wanna check that out, just look in the past episodes, and you'll get to see it. It's fun. We have, yeah. we have fun. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. You guys were hella laughing. I was laughing. Shit. So, but um, yeah. So let me just start off this podcast by saying I have never binge watched something faster than Invincible. Dude, uh, I just gotta say, like everyone's like, you gotta see it, you gotta see it, and I was like, okay, fine, I'll fucking watch it. And then I was like, holy shit! After the first episode, and that's like an understatement. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I don't know what it was just it, I, I we're gonna go into it but oh also i guess i should say major spoilers by the way for invincible if you plan on watching you should uh not listen to the rest of this review um but yeah uh i agree it was very enticing and damn it was engaging too like i just i couldn't look away like i binged it over a weekend with uh with my wife sarah but yeah it was it was a wild ride and just remember like our friend justice here and other friends just saying, gotta watch it, gotta watch it. And I was like, holy shit. So well, let's just go into a little bit um, about us, right. I guess, while we're waiting. Oh, oh, oh. That's good. Hey, there, hey, you are. there we go. Welcome. Welcome. Cool. To the United I'm, gonna, I'm not going to touch anything now. We're just going to okay. assume. <laughs> how, how, how are you, Justice? Yeah. How's it going? Uh, very ashamed, embarrassed. I thought I had my microphone working. Uh, it was not the don't case. Don't worry. I, I've lost a podcast, so don't you you have the least offensive technical yeah. difficulty out of all, all of us. Don't yeah. worry about it. Give a lost all episode. Right, all right. I won't take it to heart. <laughs> yeah. So how how is your experience with in, uh, Invincible? Uh, my experience has been pretty favorable, all things considered. I mean, do you want me to lay down some of my overall knowledge or just kind of a brief, brief, uh, surmise? Yeah, go for it. Lay let's it do it. Overall, line. let's go. See my head. Overall, I mean, you know, I've been having a great time. I introduced my girlfriend to it, uh, yesterday, had her watch the first two episodes just to kind oh. of, oh, kind nice. of lay the groundwork for that. But my experience with Invincible is, you know, I remember walking through cons and whatnot and seeing the, you know, I think they're image comics, right? Uh, I thought there were some, they're definitely an independent. I thought definitely Kirkman didn't go through one of the bigger agencies. Um, uh, it depends. Does, does, does Skybound uh, self-publish? I thought they were self-published, but, you know, feel free to verify that after the fact. Um, but Do I've seen right Invincible around. Uh, seen it at the cons, seen the pictures, uh, always been kind of intrigued, but never really checked it out myself. Saw it had popped up on Amazon, um, and Amazon has really been, I feel like, trying to corner the market on superhero deconstruction. Um, particularly, I think this and the boys are the most recent examples of their forays into this. But I would like to also point out that a couple years ago they did reboot the Tick as well, which uh, oh, you right. know they did does have a lot of kind of 
Superman character is not as biting in that, but it is still a satirical representation of that kind of hero. Um, but yeah, so I do feel like Amazon has really been trying to kind of challenge the narrative, I guess, of AT&T and Disney with their superhero media empires. I think Amazon with their own media empire is now pushing back and saying, if you guys want superheroes, let's push those boundaries. Um, and so with that in mind, I watched Invincible. I'd had some friends recommend it to me. Some of my other friends who I speak to on an anime related podcast, uh, had said it was very good. So I checked it out. And also what Amazon has been doing is they're kind of a few launch, what three episodes at the the start of their run. And then from there it's week to week. So right off the bat. You guys are telling how fast you binged it. I binged those three episodes day one and waited week after week after week. And, <laughs> you know, it was great. I was always happy to, to, you know, try to come around and check out Invincible. And I cannot recommend it enough. Do you, so isn't it kind of interesting how we, we went from being a culture where, you know, you had to catch, you had to catch every episode week, week to week on TV and if you missed it, you missed it. And then it went from when Netflix started booming. And it's like, oh, we're going to have every episode out all at once. And you're just like, okay, cool. Binge all the episodes now. And now we're slowly kind of like the streaming service like Disney Plus and Amazon Prime are starting to kind of shift back to that model. It's like, we'll release an episode or two to start with just to kind of get you in. And then we're going to have you wait week to week to kind of have those like water cooler conversations that we used to have and i actually kind of enjoy it better because i never like i said earlier i never really like binging shows but if there's a show that really hooks me i can watch an entire season in one day and that's why well i think that is i think you're hitting the nail on the head is that it's you know almost a little bit more enjoyable and it's honestly a lot harder to capture the zeitgeist of everybody when you have a binge format where you drop all of stranger things over a weekend and then it's a little bit harder for everyone to kind of catch up to it or to keep that in their memory when people watch it after the fact and i think that's where netflix has been struggling a little bit is in this binge kind of situation and i've noticed particularly with later seasons of netflix shows um, more anticipated, particularly in season four of particular shows, um, they will break the season in half and have a first really half of the season and then a few yeah. months later, a second half of the season. And I think this is to kind of drum up that scarcity so that you have that longing and that want to watch that show after the fact. And so I think what Amazon has done is find found that perfect hybrid model of that first binge right away whether it's three episodes of the boys or invincible and just enough to give you a flavor just enough to get you hooked and from then it's week to week and it's an event and it's what you look forward to every friday or every wednesday whether it's the expanse or the boys or you know just trying to catch up and then you're excited on a week to week so then you've got that temptation and that longing as well as that first initial hit and i think that's kind of maybe what we'll be seeing more and more of in the future. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think WandaVision did the same thing with two episodes or three, but it's, you know, we expect more to come though. I think with, for sure, like we get a, like you said, a good flavor, especially with the boys, those first like few episodes for season two, it's like, whoa, um, it was, it's just cool to get that, the capture, like I said, that capture that zeitgeist in moment. And then, but I know for me and Brian, like all of Invincible is already ready for us. So that was great. Like I was just thinking, <laughs> man, if I had to wait for the last two episodes, uh, I would have went fucking nuts. They were so, oh, I just, oh, waiting for that must have been like almost akin to like early torture for other shows before Netflix and stuff. You know, you had to wait next week for the anime season finale or whatever. It was like, ugh. Remember in the age when we liked watching Game of Thrones and we couldn't wait for like the next Sunday oh, to come around? Yeah. <laughs> Damn. 
All right. <laughs> we have to do another podcast about Game of Thrones one day. But anyway, <laughs> let's talk more about this one. So, uh, so just, just it sounds like you heard from your friends. And that's how I heard about Invincible is through our friends. And only the TV show. Like, I'm not familiar with the comics at all until the TV show. And I'm assuming, is that the same for you, Brian? Yeah, I... I only knew that it was a comic series about maybe a week or so before Invincible premiered. I I was watching a a podcast that had Robert Kirkman on it, and I think uh, I think it was a it might have been a kind of funny podcast. I'm not I can't really remember, but I just remember it was like, huh, okay, like the guy who made Walking Dead has this like very interesting superhero series that's based off of a comic he wrote in like the early two thousands. Huh, okay. Yeah. And that's, you know, I was like, what do I expect? Everyone's like, it's a superhero show, but it's really good. And the first episode is a twist. And I'm like, okay, that's like every superhero thing, right? I like superheroes. What's going to make it different? And that, lo and behold, the first episode, (laughs) you know, fucking the end, what is it, the Global Action League or whatever their name is? These band of, like, you know, Justice League Avengers, like, heroes, like, oh, we're summoned to our, uh, I forgot what the fucking Justice League headquarters is called. Um, you know, their hideout, and like, what's wrong? And Omni-Man just comes and fucking kills them brutally, unapologetically. And I was like, what the fuck? You know, I was, my mind was blown, you know? I was like, oh, he's going to tell them about some threat, or, you know, he's mind-controlled or whatever. But, you know, he just is like, no, I, I'm going to fucking kill you. Like, that's... Baseline. So, so Justice, since you've been familiar with this series long before the the show was made, how in your opinion, how like transferring from comic to screen, like how is the comparison or like how similar is it compared to the comic, in your opinion? I mean, I haven't read the comic necessarily. Okay. I've mostly been familiar with it you know going to cons and seeing a lot of that walking dead relationship it being written by robert kirkman and kind of understanding this is like you know kind of playing i don't want to say playing second fiddle to his walking dead empire but like this was his second most series was after the walking dead was like oh and he wrote invincible you know pun intended i like to say that walking dead walks so invincible can run yes uh so yeah and i i'd kind of always known about it in the back of my head i'd always known the iconography of invincible um and kind of always i don't want to say brushed him off but just understood that he was almost a Superboy character that he was you know kind of the great aspects of peter parker and that he's this teenager that has a lot of responsibility that he needs to carry but still has kind of got this youthful optimism and brightness. Uh, And I think because it was always shown in contrast to The Walking Dead, but it was always like, oh yeah, Invincible, but it's kind of gory and fucked up too. Like there's kind of blood splatter and, you know, some of that body horror that makes The Walking Dead kind of unique is also very transferable to Invincible. And so it was always, you know... Pictures of Invincible may be a little bit disheveled or beaten or a little bloodied. And so I always understood that there was a little bit more to the, you know, darkness of this comic than was initially proposed. And so I guess the way I had always kind of heard it broken down in a one sentence pitch is what if Superman was an abusive father? And that was kind of the full idea i had going into it the show is so much more than that concept and even the relationship between invincible and his father is so much more than what i just described but i knew in the back of my mind that omni man was not on the up and up and so it was interesting to see that unfold and so at least knowing how that was going to play let me really fall in love with the world building of that as well. Yeah, I thought that it was such an interesting like concept where it's like instead of having a show that like stereotypically builds up to having Omni Man be the villain, it's like 
by the on the first episode, you understand that Omni Man is up to no good, but you have to wait until all the other characters start to figure it out. And it's like kind of like waiting until the last episode to finally figure out why he's doing it. Oh, and yeah. I thought it, I thought it built up really well. Joel, what do you think? Um, I I I, I like the way you describe it. It's like he's already terrible, which is an understatement. <laughs> And everyone else is filling in the piece, the puzzle pieces, right? And it's just, you know, at first, I don't know, for me, I was like, maybe he is kind of good. And then you watch the series, and he's, you know, <laughs> um, a piece of fucking shit, an ultimate unstoppable piece of shit. Um, for me, it, it kind of started to, like, I was like, oh, he really is a piece of shit. When he goes to that one planet where... Um, there's, what are the Klaxons? Was that what they're called? The aliens with the tanks the and the tanks. They With are Claxons. Time, like, okay. is different. Claxons. Claxons. Yeah. yeah. And he goes and fucking genocides their planet. And I was like, holy shit. And I was like, you know, it, it, it didn't really think about, like, he could do it to Earth. But I was like, wow. I was like, number one, at least, for that part. And then another clue later, you know how Invincible... We'll probably get to it again. But Invincible teams up with someone. forgot their name. And they take on, like, a crime lord. And I just... You just see Invincible... Oh. Guys ass kicked but omni-man is just like pathetic you know in the corner just watching him die essentially i was like mm, I, I you know and then the reasoning is just like oh oh my god i just yeah. so the character you're talking about is titan thank you titan and he's kind of like he's a kind of interesting mix of like she like, he... oh no it's, no oh, no let's talk about the titan. crime lord crime yeah. lord is titan yeah, the the stone yeah. man, like okay. like the thing kinda, and Luke Cage kind of. Like, I was okay. like, they, yeah, he's kind of like their version of Luke Cage, except kind of like put into a more not like a villain, but kind of like in in with the bad crowd kind of category. But I thought his character was really cool, and also I looked up. Um, he's voiced by Mahershala Ali. Yes. I was like, damn, Future Blade is playing a badass character in this show. But, um, yeah, I was just so surprised in how many, like, there's, like, small characters that maybe don't get as much screen time as some of the main cast that you just end up loving just because of who they're voiced by and how well, like, they were used in that episode. Like, there, there were so many characters that... I could like fucking um the one alien <laughs> the one like survey alien um Alan it's fucking voiced by Seth Rogen. Oh yeah. That's that <laughs> like, interesting. It's, and like they start out going fighting and then once like Mark realizes like, oh wait, like what's going on? And then they just sit down to talk on the moon. <laughs> I don't know why. That was like that was like probably like, some of my favorite parts of the of the season. It was it was pretty cool. The the star power. I, I did want to get to this eventually, but the star power in the show is ridiculous. They have a great cast for, like you said, like all the characters. I think well, at least one of the, the major players, and even the lesser ones. They are just voiced by you know great actors, and like they're not like I don't think at least for me, I didn't feel like any of them were phoning it in. Like it felt like real. Like they were as much as they do on the big screen. They did for Invincible, which I really appreciated, and I just it brought the characters to life even more. Um, there's just like wow, like it's and, so immersive and it grabs you, and then like it, you just know when like they're in it, you know. And it's it's not like okay, they're kind of phoning it. It doesn't feel lazy, is what I guess I'm saying. And what I appreciate is that I, I feel like you guys have gone through this before, where you're watching a show, and then you start seeing like like similar like story tropes that they're that they start leaning into when it comes to any kind of animated show or like like superhero show and then it just like kind of takes a, a different turn but that it's it's a natural progression that feels right but it feels so weird that because a lot of shows don't do that like um what was it mark's relationship with um amber with amber yeah it's amber let me double check like, I don't know. I felt like that was some that felt like more genuine than most other like 
relationships we've seen in other series. That's Amber, by the way. I don't know. It's it's just it's just a very refreshing thing to see. You don't get that that often. I think what the show does, um, kind of beyond just about any other show, is the world building, and that's what I really do love about it. It's kind of, um, I think, what makes it at least what I want to keep coming back to is it is kind of a perfect encapsulated comic book universe. And it is operating on these very almost DC 1970s era rules. You know, there is a Nick Fury character running a global defense agency. There's, you know, supermen uh, from different planets and cosmic level threats and earthly level threats and magma men and just all kinds of weird shit. And... You know, 300 people can get blown away by temporal aliens in an afternoon and it doesn't make the evening news. Uh, So it's just kind of one of these weird fucking comic book worlds. And it's really refreshing to, as a comic book fan, as a superhero fan, for someone who has done a lot of thought, a lot of really exploration of the ideas that play behind superhero society behind comic book ideas and tropes and to see those laid out and woven together and played with and deconstructed and understood and tempted and you know and that's what the show does is it really understands the language of superheroics and superhero comics and it can lay those out with just enough to like play with your expectations and i think that's what like what we've talked about where, oh, wow, you know, most other shows, if Superman had killed the Avengers, it would be the the season-ending reveal. It would be like, oh, my God, could you guys believe it? However, with this show, it was the episode one reveal. That's what you know getting into the show, that this is what it's going to be about. And seeing that exploration, seeing how that comes together, and you know, just playing with those concepts. And one of the things that got me so on board was uh, Damien Darkblood, the demon detective, uh, voiced oh, by... Oh, hell yeah. Uh, you know, Clancy Brown, yes. one of my favorites. Yes. Mr. Krabs himself. Um, but to me, for those of you not aware of weird 70s, 80s, 60s, 50s era comic books... You know, the stuff that created Ghost Rider and, you know, the spirit and just like these weird comics, horror comics about like these vengeance characters or dead man who's investigating his own death. And it's like this own, you know, genre of comic books. And he exists in this world because, of course, he exists in this world because why wouldn't he exist in this world? Because if (laughs) superhumans kill and murder other superhumans, why wouldn't there be some sort of supernatural detective investigating it? And that's the, you know, rules that the world of Invincible operates on. And that's what I love about it is that it's, you know, those logical ideas in a superhero society continually thought out and pushed and like really kind of played with. Yeah, I keep. I know it's not a good comparison, but I was like, "Oh shit, it's Hellboy Light," but he's much better than that. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's still like it's great. It's like you you get that visual language and you just have fun with it and you enjoy it and you know what's going on already. And it's just like the show does not treat you like an idiot. It makes sure like oh, no. it keeps you up up with it the entire time. And I I I think with that too, it's like the value of. You mentioned it earlier, like, 300 people die, like, nothing. And it's just like, oh, shit, like, they drop it on you, and then they, they run with it, too. And then, of course, uh, at the end, there's a, you know, a staggeringly high, almost Justice League, you know, level of death. Um, and it's like, Jesus, it's just rolling with the punches of, what the fuck? I can't even, like, it still blows my mind. For those who don't know, the last episode of season one, literally Omni-Man slays thousands ten thousands of humans with his son it's not 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 and not like just with his son but like using his son as a fucking like battering ram yeah it's just it's mind-blowingly evil and bad and just 
oh my god like it's it's fantastic though at the same time it's like wow like, like this have is... you ever have you ever wanted to see a whole like sub like subway car like split in half by one superman holding another one like uh, out in front of his face i was just thinking like i remember they show the calm before the fucking blender of death i was just like no and fucking they're like yes fucking yes big giant letters and god damn like oh fuck uh, i want i wanted to mention this before um we kind of go further in but I kind of, I know some people like were like iffy about it, but I kind of like the touch that they did um, for the like the splash screen for like the intro of the show um, where it just kind of like pops invincible. I like that touch where each episode, this, this, uh, the splash screen just gets more and more bloody as each episode goes on. And by, by the time, uh, the last episode uh, uh, comes up. It's just pretty much a whole like dark reddish kind of just screen, and it's like that that makes sense. That makes sense, you know. Yeah. For this kind of show. In in retrospect, it's it's definitely an underservice, and you know, like you know, you don't know what's coming. At least for me, like. I've heard with the comparison to comics, like the pacing isn't as good as the show. I mean, they've had time to do that, but like Jesus, like I felt I mean, like glued to my seat, like almost every episode, like so well crafted, and yeah. it's the gore, the fucking I mean, when gore. It, when it comes to tr- uh, adapting a comic into a TV show or movie, there's that's always going to be like the problem. Was like, okay, how are we going to take like this huge chunk of just of just comic and then put it into like an hour to an hour and a half film or TV show, you know, it's, there's always going to be kind of like some give and take with that. But if you have the right team and the right kind of like plan, like it shows with invincible, like you can make a really good story still, even if you are kind of doing some give and take with the, the source material. Well, I think the, I mean, Amazon, I guess, is the other one, and Boys being the other thing I keep comparing it to. But the creative team, at least that Seth Green, or not Seth Green, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg put together, that also did Preacher and The Boys, which were both creations by Garth Ennis, who famously does gory, fucked up comics. Um, and then now also this Invincible and whatnot. And what I will say, having read I've got Preacher on my shelves. I've read through it a couple times. And it's incredibly gory and fucked up and satirical. And having tried reading the boys' comics and failing twice to get into the kind of ultra-gore satire of what that's also trying to pitch, particularly about superhero industry and comics and whatnot, uh, watching the shows... I've always been impressed at how they bring later ideas from the stories and integrate them in sooner so that you have that kind of baseline understanding earlier on. And oftentimes can end up much more sympathetic than they did in the comics. There's almost a better, you know, more developed character on the screen than there is in the comic book. Uh, For anyone who's watched Preacher, um, the meat man in the comic book is really grotesque and awful. And in the show, he's an awful, awful human being. But he does have some pathos. There is a little bit more reason to why he is a fucked up meat man than just him being a one-layered, <laughs> you know, meat fucker. Uh, so, it, like, <laughs> I'm really impressed with their ability to, especially with the boys. I was not really interested in watching the boys. Like I said, I tried reading the comic a couple times. I felt like it was too dark, too over the top, too satirical, kind of missing the point, maybe not for me. And the show found the perfect way to kind of balance the later ideas that are present in the boys and bring them to the forefront while also kind of tapering down some of the more explosive ideas that they could kind of push later on. Like for idea, for instance, like something like Compound V, 
in the boys you know that's introduced very early on in the comics but for the show maybe it's a little better to introduce later on that everyone's got superpowers based on this one thing and not just this other stuff um and so i think they do a really good job of understanding the scope of what the story is trying to convey overall what the characters roles are overall what they want to do and kind of being able to bring those in and weave those in sooner rather than later and i think it's you know at this point i've loved preacher i've loved the boys i've loved invincible you know they can really do that and that might become the formula for comic book stuff going forward at least for like movie or for tv yeah, I was actually going to ask you specifically, Justice, because I'm not sure Brian's caught up with the boys or even watched it, which I highly recommend. That, that blew hey, my mind, I, too. Now that there's I Invincible. Cha- I took my chance on Invincible, and I loved it, so I probably should watch yeah. the boys. Yeah, uh, season one is good, and season, 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 season two, though, oh, God, it just, everything you loved about season one times two, literally, it's like, it's so much better with more. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to draw, like, uh, some more parallels, but you already did, I think, actually. But yeah, there's just flip, you know, that narrative of what a superhero and supervillain should be, and just Invincible and the boys just do it so well. And, uh, you know, you mentioned the uh, incorporation of Compound V later, even though they do it early in comics. I was thinking how, like, uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon, they do the same thing with the comics. There's a lot of stuff. I mean, they have so much source material to pull from, which I'm sure the shows will do for the boys. And, um, invincible but it's just like they already have established characters but they're already pulling from an arc and they're already throwing in so many things that aren't even like i have uh i don't know the the four volume series it's like this all you know zemo does this in volume four but you know what you know what fuck it zemo's here doing crazy shit already um and i'm just like it's it's awesome to see with all this material come together and they can just bend it and warp it and it's still you know really amazing and cool to watch but yeah, unfortunately, you know, it's unfortunate that you can't get into the boys. I kind of don't want to do it now. Uh, read it. I just want to watch it now. But maybe I can try. I don't know. But um, I was also going to ask. I mean, we're like jumping around. Um, it, would you live in this world uh, first before knowing Omni-Man's a total piece of shit? Would you live in that world before knowing? What would you think? Would you have lived? In, would you have liked to live in that world? I mean. I don't, like, it's hard to say. I'm just like, I've also been watching a lot of, I, I guess, pseudo-realistic animation is the way to put it. Like, vaguely fantastical. I just finished Hunter x Hunter today. I've been watching Jujutsu Kaisen. You know, I just watched Invincible. And there's like these weird elements of crazy fantastical stuff that's going on in addition to the modern day setting where everyone's got a cell phone and the internet and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I mean, I guess, I don't know what would be totally different. Like it's really funny how like in one of the episodes of invincible, you know, there's kids that are like, Oh yeah. If you drink from the immortal skull, you become the immortal now. Um, like, I guess I could be interested in, in, Perhaps, you know, I don't know. I guess because the end of the first episode is Omni-Man's a piece of shit. Because the thing that really fucked me up is in the second episode with the temporal aliens, which is such a great idea, and I really love it as a narrative device and what it means for the story. Um, But, like, the fact that I think, I don't know if the, I don't know if the episode specified that they do show up in different cities, I don't think so, but like at one point, no, okay. So at one point, like, like people are at the memorial for the other alien attack when the aliens roll up on them and start blasting (laughs) them. And just the thought to me of like being at an alien massacre memorial and then getting massacred by aliens is like too upsetting for me to want to live in their world. So like, I don't think so. Um, it is kind of cool that they've got like the 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 cosmic scale and there are alien places and i guess you can be like i don't know how superpowers work in this world if i could just be born like adam eve i guess i would be cool but um it seems like there there's no shortage of trauma in this world so i don't know that i like want to be (laughs) no thing here's the thing you have 
you have your Marvels and you have your DCs, and there's give, there's pros and cons to living in those worlds. Marvel, you kind of have a lower mortality rate, sure. DC, you might have more psychotic bad guys, but you, you still you can still have a like a, a passable life. Unless you're in Gotham, in, in, anyway. Unless you're in Gotham, in in the Invincible world, even the superheroes aren't safe. Superheroes drop like flies. If superheroes don't ha stand a chance of living, why the fuck would I want to live there? <laughs> if I had to live there, I'd I'd move as far away from the East Coast as possible because shit just keeps happening over there. It's a good point. There is one episode where um, you know Omni Man was just a little winded after fighting a kaiju. For all we know, kaiju's are natural inhabitants of their Earth. They just show up whenever they want. I don't know, but it was just like, oh yeah, I fought a kaiju over in you know the South Pacific today. I'll be home for dinner. So this is a world where I guess kaiju's just kind of like show up whenever, and maybe they just like I... might beat the shit out of the strongest man in the world. Maybe you know I didn't I didn't think of that. It's like yeah, where'd that kaiju come from? And the fact that they called it a kaiju means there had to have been more of them. Yeah, <laughs> that is a good question. Also. Just having a secret government organization that just has access to a fucking space laser. <laughs> Their shit is so no. no, no, you're Their good. Their shit you're is so beyond. Like they have invisible light. They just have things that they make invisible with light, like a flashlight. They can just yeah. shine it. Oh, yeah, like, that was yeah, a fucking gone. good reveal. No. Right? <laughs> but, like... Okay, so do you guys? I forget. It, I think it was either episode six or seven. But when Omni-Man was just in his house alone, and then out of nowhere, he just go fucking reach out his hand and oh, like yeah. grabs the, like one of the dude like in cloaked dudes. And he he kills everybody cloaked like they don't like uncloak themselves. They like just die. Yeah, it's like there's there's no way to be safe. <laughs> uh, and, and I and, will say, I mean, yeah, go for it, Brent. No, I was going to say, because also. I'm I'm assuming it's plans for the future, but do you guys remember? I believe it was episode four when Mark went to Mars. That was a good episode. Like a mission to Mars. Yeah. One, there is a species of parasite on Mars that can just take control of human brains. It's like symbiote status. And also, there is a Martian that got that morphed themselves into a human and snuck on board. So now there's just a mystery Martian somewhere on Earth. <laughs> so you run the gamut of, like, running into everything in this universe. Like, no supernatural superhero monster thing untouched. And honestly, I forgot about, like, the mystical part until you mentioned Damien Darkblood. It's like, oh, just superheroes and capes and shit. It's like, oh, shit, there's a fucking demon detective <laughs> who's like, hmm something's wrong, you know? It's like, oh, shit, just everything. Every, of course it's there, right? Makes, and you don't question it. it. It just fits in so well. It's just, man. The, and, the, uh, I... you know, I think I would like to kind of live in that world, but, <laughs> you know, it's, it, you're, you, I mean, for me, like, yeah, superheroes aren't safe, but I think I would kind of feel safe with all these superheroes that are okay, but I mean, if there's like an Avengers level team and then they get iced, yeah, that changes my perspective though, especially when they get you know wiped like nothing. I'll have two. I have two circumstances where I would live in that world. One, I'd have one of those teleporters that you could just use willy nilly, like hopping back and forth. And whatnot, or I'm I get to be the immortal because I might get decapitated, but I can at least get put back together. Oh god, that was a crazy. That was a actually. I want to I want to talk about that for a second. That's actually pretty crazy. You guys were talking about week to week stuff. That was one of those things I was so happy paid off. Was the immortal? Because I was like, you can't just fucking kill a guy called the immortal. He's got to come <laughs> back, and then he came back, and I was fucking stoked. So when, um, in in the later episode when he was being revived by the two brothers, um, Mahler twins, the, the Mahler twins. Thank you. Um, 
first Clone I was Wars. like, okay, so they're go- so they're gonna go dig up somebody, and then it's like, oh, it's the immortal. And it's like, oh, duh, he's the immortal. He can he can be brought back. But then when he got was getting like resuscitated, and he started having those flashbacks of his previous like lives and stuff. Am I to be understood that the immortal was fucking Abraham Lincoln? Yep. <laughs> yeah. So he goes from like barbarian to Abraham Lincoln to superhero. I'm sure there's some other stuff in between, but oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Those are the ones that stuck out to me. And he yeah, still man, that's the shit. world they're living in, and it's fucking awesome. <laughs> at, at some levels, it's awesome, man. <laughs> I kind of no, want awesome to observe. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of, I kind of want him to be like one of the orcs from uh, <laughs> Shadow of Mordor, where every season he just keeps coming back, but he he gets kind of like more like fucked up because he just keeps getting <laughs> ripped in half. So like they had to like kind of add some pieces to him just to kind of make him like like heal correctly. <laughs> Damn, I did I notice. Was like, what was that? Rewatching the the season or the episode one, it's like, man, Immortal just kind of keeps getting a hole punched through his chest. I guess that's where he keeps leaving his opening is like it's quite right there in the solar plexus because that seems to be where Omni Man keeps keeps getting him. Kind of, yeah. But I mean, I guess that's what you would do if you if you were an immortal being, you probably wouldn't like cover your midsection too much. That is an interesting idea, because, like, would he would he try to be defensive? Because I know, like, you'll want to be ripped in half because it's kind of a bitch to, you know, spend time, like, recuperating and stuff like that. But it's, I don't, but, and my question is, like, he he pretty much has powers that are almost on par with um, Omni-Man, just to a lesser degree. Am I to understand that he just had those power, or does he keep like, does he keep getting stronger as he like, like, regenerates? Yeah, I don't know. I I mean, I do want to start reading the comics. Maybe that will have more answers for us because it does seem like he was True. put back together again at the end of season one. So I'm sure they can probably get him going. Uh, and so yeah, I'm, maybe he'll start revealing some stuff. Um, uh, but yeah, no, uh, that might be explored. So I don't want to like start going into Wikipedia and being like, oh, how, how do the mortals' powers work in Invincible? Because it might be cool <laughs> well, stuff. They don't. Pops out. They don't work. <laughs> <laughs> they don't work. They don't work. That's okay. Omni Man fucked off, so he's he's good for a little while. Oh man, when he comes back in middle of season two or end of season two, oh man, it's gonna be great. Or if he comes back, he might not come back till like I don't know the end, and just be like, "Oh, whatever." Viltrum's here. Fuck it's, everyone. It's it's obviously like a a plan to just have the whole like race of Viltrums just kind of come down onto Earth, and then Mark's gonna have to be kind of like the one that rallies like the Earth into fighting back. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't but know. But I just I. The show does a good job of making you want to see Mark's progression past season mm-hmm. one. Because you know that he has the potential to like get to Omni Man status or even probably better. It's kind of like, it's kind of like in the parallel. Gohan. Exactly. Like Gohan, where it's like, it's like, yeah, he's, str- he's strong because he's part like Viltra, but, but he's also part human. So there's like that perfect mesh of just like, both worlds is making him like a unique being. I almost think uh, my my current prediction is he'll come back with Viltrumites and, you know, Mark will get his shit kicked in again. But then Omni-Man's going to be like, okay, I guess I love you. You know, whack a couple heads, a scout leaves, and it's like, well, it's Omni-Man and Invincible against all of Viltrum. That's, that's my current prediction. He kind of won him over a little already, barely, you know, barely. They did have that. They did have. They did have that interesting um, little character moment for Omni Man when he had that flashback of like Mark's little little league game. Yeah, and it was like showing like he was. He did have the capacity at one point to kind of break free from like what what his duty was. 
and like trying to embrace more of humanity in a, in a sense. Mm-hmm. So it would be it would be interesting to see if that either plays into some kind not like a redemption arc, but some kind of like you know turncoat like moment or just kind of it plays into his inevitable demise. Like yeah. Mark will use that against him somehow. I think so. I I don't I don't think a redemption arc. I mean, at least I would think it'd be a little mm-hmm. cheesy, but I I think a little, just a little. If he can get it, but we'll see. I don't know. What what do you guys want to see next? Do you want to see Viltrum sooner rather than later? Do you want to see the heroes maybe do things to get on Viltrum's level, or do you just want to kind of let them <laughs> do human stuff, like or more intergalactic stuff, demon stuff? What are you guys thinking? What do you think, Justice? We'll go with you first. I would love to see, you know, I am a sucker for some good training montages. I would love to see, you know, the heroes get stronger. Uh, I would love to see Rexplode uh, fucking do something. His useless ass uh, has a lot of <laughs> yeah, talk. He really didn't much. walk the walk. No, no. no. Uh, he just, you know, he's voiced by, you know, one of my favorite people, Jason Manzukis, who's doing a great performance. But like that Hell character yeah. is not doing anything. I hope he gets something cool to do soon. Um, if even it's like a self-sacrificial kind of thing, I don't know. Uh, but outside of that, when you were talking about Viltrum. You know, end of the season, Alan the Alien revealed that, you know, there is other alien coalitions, perhaps, working in contrast to the Viltrumites. I want to find more about the lioness chick, the one who beat the shit out of Mark, the one who is clearly a Jack Kirby-esque creation from Dark Side Apocalypse. The one that, you know, just looks like she, she should have been the Justice League villain. She would have made... Steppenwolf, her bitch, um, you know, that's who I want to see more of. That's what I want to see explored is almost like this weird pseudo Jack Kirby, you know, fifth world kind of stuff. But uh, no, I, I'm just happy with how it's progressing. Uh, I'm sure they'll find plenty of opportunities to have those human moments, to have those side episodes where they go to college and explore the best friend story or do this or that. Um, but yeah, I'm just curious for the world building and I want to see what they continue to lay out in front of us. All right, Brian, what do you want to see next? I, I'm intrigued to see a little bit of like the Martian stuff we was talking about before, but I also kind of want to see, um, kind of Mark trying to find Maybe not so like like a new mentor, but like I want to see I want to see him progress. I want to see him because now that he doesn't have the only person that understands his abilities, him trying to f- either figure out for himself or like have like like the like a a group of people just kind of like working with him and like you know having him progress. And also, I I want to see what happens with Titan because I thought that was one of one of the more interesting like subplots because they built it up being like, Oh, you know, he's not such a bad guy and he needs help because he, he has a, I assume he has a sick daughter and you know, he has this like family dynamic that was very, that I thought made him a more well-rounded character. And then having that bait and switch where it was his plan all along to have invincible beat up his old boss. And so he could take over of like the crime syndicate in the city and now he's sitting pretty on at the top of the tower, but does does like Invincible have kind of like a way a way to get like information from him or like to get some aid from him because he did him a solid in a, in a way, you know? I I want to see that develop more as well. Yeah, that was I really enjoyed that. That was a good subplot team up uh, team beat him up and. Um... You know, he, he he's a flawed, you know, flawed characters, I feel like, are the most interesting, of course. It's, you know, multidimensional. He's got a lot going on. And while being a superhero, still human, you know, that's, that's to me, always super interesting. It's it's kind of like the Sandman um, kind of subplot from uh, Spider-Man. The only good subplot from Spider-Man 3. <sighs> debatable. <laughs> that whole movie's debatable. I did just think of of what I want to happen, right? Theory, right, that if you drink from the immortal skull, you get the immortal's powers. 
right? Mm -hmm. Omni-Man was hinting to Mark that being a super durable Viltrumite actually extends your lifespan perhaps thousands of years. Right. What if Mark drinks from the skull of the Immortal and gets the Immortal's powers and then doubles up his power set to take on the Viltrumites? Just throwing up that, you know. Immortal powers on top of a, uh, you know. Interesting. That, that, would, that would give credence to his name. Yeah. Because that's what I thought was like an interesting uh, like concept it's like he he calls himself invincible but it's not because he's necessarily like invulnerable like he he can take a beating that's for sure but it's like he he was on the verge of death at least twice this season but it's like his idea like his willpower is so strong so it'd be kind of it would be kind of interesting to see like last ditch effort like there's nothing else he could do Okay, immortal, I'm I'm taking your powers away. <laughs> I'm I've taken them for my own. Yeah. What if he drinks from the skull and gets like the immortal's conscious? It's like two consciousnesses in Mark. Ooh. So what if Mark becomes Abraham Lincoln? <laughs> <laughs> May I present? What if the immortal person? becomes Obi Wan? Oh, is Obi Wan's already he, immortal? He, he really is the only other like hero in this universe that's kind of similar to Mark at this point. Yeah, that so, we know of. So it would be kind of interesting that. Oh, it that would actually kind of be an interesting story, like having the immortal revive after the fight with Omni Man again, and then again being asked by the agency, kind of like, "Hey, you're kind of like the only other hero that's kind of on par with like Mark's." potential can you train him and so now it's like immortals like deep hatred for omni man and it's like now you have to train his son and it's, it's like, like you know endeavor training deku or something the same kind of and it's just like and then then you have like a whole like character arc with uh the immortal where he has to kind of maybe he's like resistant at first because it's like oh you're the son of like you know Basically, the guy who killed me twice, you know, why it's like, why would I train you? And then it's like, okay, well, maybe, maybe he's different. Maybe, he, you know, he is the only one that could maybe save the earth from his. Maybe he's day. like a kung fu master, and each lesson is a different life that he lived in the past. So he's like teaching him, you know, different techniques on how to use his powers. And like, this is what I learned when I was living in Shangri-La for 30 years or something. <laughs> I don't know. That'd be... I want to see the past lives explored. That's kind of what I want to I do too. I, th I think out. it would be a w big wasted opportunity if they don't at least touch on it. I, I could only assume there's so many comic book fans right now screaming at it as he's saying. Right. Fucking go! <laughs> yeah. It's in the books! Just read the books! <laughs> yeah, chapter 5, volume 7, say, Mark kills fucking immortal man. <laughs> Fuck. I will say, though, this this show actually really got me interested in checking out the comics. And just, just for funsies, I, I looked at the run of the comic book series. And I believe it's done, right? It is done. Um, the first issue of Invincible came out in January 2003. And the final issue of Invincible came out in February 2018. Oh. So it ran for a good long while. Yeah. Get those collection books. Yeah. I know our buddy Jameson either got the compendium of everything or was thinking about it after watching it. So I'm, I'm curious book. for sure, too. Yeah, it's, it's probably huge. 15 years of... It's probably compendium one out of five, too, probably. But 15 years of material? Shit. And it'll also just be kind of interesting to see, um, like, the differences, like, going forward with uh, the show and the comic. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of been comparing it to Walking Dead a little bit in that reading The Walking Dead... I was really impressed with the ending and I love the ending and it felt like Kirkman as a writer put his characters through awful, awful shit, but with a payoff, maybe not always because he liked to like enunciate the chaos of 
life and living and that not everybody gets a payoff, but generally the characters you're following have an arc, have a story to tell, have some meaning, have something to connect with. And that's something that's been absent from the show, I feel like, as they've been kind of rudderless, as they give character deaths to other characters that don't really have the same emotion or the same beats, and certainly have basically wiped out any characters that would make it to what the comic book finale is. Um, any character that's not Daryl. Yeah. I don't know how the show can possibly end. And so I think that's always something that's made me less happy with the show is knowing that they don't really have an understanding of how they want to end it versus the comic book of The Walking Dead, which maybe they didn't have all the pieces of the ending put together, but they knew what they were leading to. And I feel like I've got confidence in Kirkman as a writer, having seen this bit of Invincible now as being like, ultimately, he has a goal, he has the story he wants to tell. I think it's interesting that it's kind of about a father-son dynamic again. It's kind of the opposite of Carl and Rick. It's like, you know, what, you know, if your father was, you know, in a world of dead people, what would he do to keep you alive? Versus if your father is the only unkillable person on the planet, what would he do to, like, knock you into shape? You know, I think it's pretty interesting stuff, but... I think both are pretty well written. A lot of the sci-fi weird superhero elements of Invincible I've really been enjoying. So I really do trust him as a writer and what his thoughts are going forward with the, with the series. It'll be it'll be exciting to see. I know you said Walking Dead is rudderless, and that's how I felt. Like I think I stopped watching season eight. Apparently, it's finally done, eleven or twelve. It's like I kind of don't want to get back into it. It's just it was no direction and cool. Daryl School. I always think that's you know great for people who've read the comics to introduce something new, uh, something unexpected. You know, sh- sh- you know, shifting the deaths that's interesting. But yeah, like there's definitely some characters that could have acted early. But yeah, like hopefully they did consult Kirkman on the ending for this show, and it, I for damn sure I'm, I feel like Invincible they know what they're gonna do. I, hopefully, hopefully they have him on board the whole time. I hope it doesn't turn into a, uh, a situation like with the Avatar creators, right? They keep getting on board and then they keep leaving. And that to me is always like a bad sign. Like if you're not working well with the, you know, the original creators, then like, what do you do? Like, why? Like, at least for me, like if it's good, like I, I get it. But sometimes it's like, if it doesn't meet up with their vision, kind of like game again, back to game of Thrones, everyone's favorite. Um, if it doesn't meet up to like, or you don't know what you're doing, it kind of go, it's, ah, it's just, you guys know what I'm saying. It's just like this weird muddled mess that nobody wants at the end. So just to, clarify um season 11 of the walking dead is is confirmed to be the final season oh okay thank you and that will be i think the season will start sometime in august and then it will end in early 2022 oh shit i thought it was they were in the middle of it okay i didn't even know it didn't start yet okay damn but yeah i do i do believe that it was because of walking dead that invincible is able to kind of on the merit of just like what Robert Kirkman has done, like he he, like Walking I say he had passion for Walking Dead, but like Invincible was like his first, his like first child before Walking Dead. So now it's like now that he's gotten like enough like funding and enough reputations, like now he can like show his baby to the world, kind of or on this level as far as like a TV show is concerned. And so far, it's been really good. And I can't wait for season two to come out. Oh, yeah. Hopefully sometime in the early uh, of next year. We'll see it. <laughs> yeah, right. So one of our friends said uh, they finished Jupiter's Legacy and then they can't wait for Invincible season two or episode one <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Which I heard that's that's like laughable or whatever. That's, that's a whole nother thing. A whole yeah. nother conversation. Yeah. 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 All right. I think... I think that's good. We we hit everything I wanted to hit. You guys got any last thoughts before we we shift out of here? Um, no. I don't know. I guess on the Jupiter's Legacy thing, um, guys, if you uh, are not a superhero fan, uh, don't show us your take on superheroes. We don't need your Kevin Fiji, <laughs> uh, you know, Olivia Spencer. I mean, I'm sure it's fine, but it's just like it's kind of the people that like are doing the first joke that comes to mind. It's like, yeah, we, we get it, guys. 
No, everyone's everyone's thought about how funny it would be if you threw a bus really, really far. We get it. So it's just like uh, that's just my thoughts. If you're if you're getting Josh Dumal to play your you know Superman character or something, uh, I think that's ultimately my my stuff. Is if you're gonna have some interesting superheroes, have something interesting to say. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. If you haven't seen Invincible, oh, yeah. go w- watch it. It's pretty really, really gory, but holy shit! If you want something fresh, something new, with superheroes and even just like the there's there's of course commentary with like all media. I think we all uh, indulge in, but it's just there's I don't think there's anything like it other than the boys comes close. But that's like the only thing I can really compare to. The boys is even more relevant, but Invincible there's there's nothing like it. If if you like superheroes, go watch Invincible. Oh, I have one more foot, little tiny footnote to add on. Um, this was my first experience actually like watching something on Amazon Prime Video, and I I Chromecast it from my phone onto my TV, and I didn't know that Amazon Prime has done this where if you like you have your phone open and it's you're playing it on the video, it'll actually show you the actors that are in every scene. So I thought that was really cool because then I got to have that moment. It's like, oh shit, you know, it's it's um, Clancy Brown's. Like, oh, it's um, it's uh, Zazie Beats, Mahershala Ali, Walton Goggins, and then also, <laughs> yeah, Walton Goggins. What the fuck, dude? That, Great job, he did. But no, that's <laughs> um, like the Amazon Prime Video has their X-ray function. So even if you're like watching it through your TV, if you pause it on certain scenes, yeah. it will show you who's the actor in those scenes. And it does it on your phone too. Yeah, if you're casting on your phone, you see all the info on your phone as it like goes. And it's it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's so great because you don't have to do that like fumbling of like, okay, I got to open up the IMDb I mean, I that or anyway. have to like, you know, search <laughs> Well, I mean, it's also, I think Invincible internet. benefits from that in particular, that technology that Amazon really prides itself on having. It's because now we're talking about the cast because these are all people we love. Walton Goggins, Zazzy Beats, Clancy Brown, uh, Stephen Ewan, uh, J.K. Simmons, uh, John Hamm. You know, we just see these names already pop up. We like, oh, we pause and it's like, oh, you know, that's Seth Rogen. (laughs) Says Happy Father's Day. Marcelo just sent me a text of Omni Man hugging his family. (laughs) All right. So. Uh, yeah, that's just what I'm gonna say. I think they're yeah. they're playing their hand really well with it, and this is a uh, great content they're creating. It's gonna make me go check out the comic. Yeah, agreed. I cannot wait to see what they do. It is all right. Before we go, Justice, any upcoming projects that you want to share that you're a part of, or where we can find you on social media if, if people want to reach you to ask about any nerdy questions or lore about your favorite things. If people want to see your your Superman hot takes. hot takes. Where can they find you? You yeah, <laughs> you can find me at just I'm going to blank, 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 blank. And if I think of something later, you can just edit that in. So we'll, we'll put that there. Right, well, yeah. yeah, put we'll it in post. Post. We'll put it post. Speed <laughs> it up, fix it and double it. <laughs> we're not fixing it. We're not fixing it. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're too fucking lazy for that shit. All right. Where, where can we find you, Brian? <laughs> Uh, you can find me on on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> fucking at, uh, Ringo Star, <laughs> Brian underscore Saber. Any upcoming projects? Any no upcoming projects, any. Ringo? Um, let's see. By the time this comes out, um, I would have already probably watched E3, so I'm gonna be oh, fuck checking out all that. the coverage for E3 this this uh, coming week. Oh, actually, no. Oh yeah, no, it is this coming weekend. So yeah, I'll probably. Have that, but um, I will probably, if I live react to anything, I'll probably put it up on my YouTube, which you can just find me at Brian Saber as well. And that's Saber with the R E, because I'm fancy that way. Um, but yeah, you can also, um, for the podcast as well, you could also uh, check us out on Twitter at uh, we underscore uh, United underscore we nerd. And also, if you'd like to bring any suggestions, for reviews, you can hit us up at unitedwenerdcast at gmail.com. We'd like some suggestions because we like to talk about nerdy things. Yell about it, shout about it, run from it, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, uh, you can find me uh, 
on Twitch, Acoustic Avenger. I haven't streamed in a while. Thinking about streaming. I, I keep going back and forth with it. You can also find me more on Twitter. Again, Acoustic Avenger, but the first I is a one. You find me bitching there and retweeting there. Um, usually, if you if you find Brian, you can find me. I'm always tagging or complaining on his. Like, if he shares something, I'd be like, oh, what about this? You know, I'm just in a fucking, you know what. And uh, also, I'm on Spotify, SoundCloud, Mad Mike Monster Mind. Go check that out. Working on new material. All right. Yeah, boy. Um, with that, go check yeah, out Invincible. Go watch it. Thank you for listening. Next time, we have our retrospective, as Brian put it, on Overwatch. Used to be really big for us, some of us, and oh, still yes. is. So, five years of people kind of being excited <laughs> yeah. but still playing this game. All right. See y'all later, and thank you, Justice, for joining us today. Yes, thank you for Finally, hanging out with us. Splat. Anytime, guys. Anytime. Catch you next time. <laughs>